Hello and welcome to Walking With Purpose. I'm Chris. I'm riding solo again on this trip, on this voyage. Uh, Last night, I was watching uh, ABC's 2020 uh, segment, uh, Escape from the House of Horrors. It was regarding the Turpin family. How these parents raised these 13 children in squalor and filth and denied them food, baths, and other basic needs and necessities, even chaining some of the kids to to beds uh, as a form of, of discipline. I was impressed with Jordan Turpin, who, along with her older sister, formulated a plan to get out of this dysfunctional environment and away from her verbally and physically abusive parents. In the aftermath, I was blown away uh, by all the money that was donated to the Turpin family, over $600,000 that they can't even access for their basic needs and necessities. The other thing that kind of blew me, blew me away was that the younger siblings were placed in foster, foster homes in crime-infested neighborhoods where they were not safe and where they were being re-victimized all over again. The court appointed a, a deputy public guardian who was so busy with her real estate business uh, that she denied them simple requests for health care, housing, nutrition, and education. All of this stuff got me thinking about my childhood and the struggles that me and my siblings experienced. I'm the oldest of four children between my mom and dad. We are all a year and a few months apart. Uh, we grew up in East Palo Alto, California, a predominantly African American neighborhood south of San Francisco. Uh, during that time, in the 60s, it was a very uh, Afrocentric time. Uh, there was daishikis. Uh, business were, businesses were flourishing. Uh, we had Muslims, and the, the Black Panther movement was present. Uh, I grew up entirely too fast. I'll admit that I was very smart. I could read, write, and add by the time I was five. I was always around adults. I was in tune to their conversations. I knew how certain people moved. I knew their hustle. I knew their good down. Uh, I could hold a conversation with an adult uh, with no problem. Also at age five, my mother introduced me to marijuana. She taught me how to smoke weed. She taught me how to roll a joint. Uh, We had many smoke sessions uh, while my father was working his night job. Uh, When he would pull up in the driveway, she'd uh, shuttle me to bed like nothing nothing happened. We had many of those, those sessions. It was crazy. I'm the product of two parents who became addicted to drugs. They began committing our crimes to uh, for me, to feed their family and their and their drug addiction. I witnessed each of my parents on separate occasions being taken into custody by the police. My parents at times were verbally and physically abusive towards each other, 
Uh, the dysfunctional marriage included many fights and arguments. Uh, I witnessed my dad break a bottle and slice my mother in the leg with it. He sliced her in her thigh. Uh, my mother also told me a time when we lived with my grandparents that my dad took her into an open field. Uh, he had a thirty-eight uh, gun in his hand and he uh, told her to run as he fired uh, shots above her head. I asked him about this years ago before he passed away, and he admitted uh, that this happened. He said he wasn't trying to kill her. He was trying to scare her. Uh, I don't remember seeing any PDA between my parents. Uh, they would yell and scream at each other, but they were never uh, physically or verbally abusive toward us. And I think we did our best to navigate around their dysfunction. Um, my mom never worked. I never remember my mom going to work at all. Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom with four children. Um, when my dad went to jail, our lives changed drastically. Uh, it seems like they would alternate going uh, going to jail. It's like when my mom was in jail, my dad was at home. When my dad was in jail, my mom was at home. Uh, when my mom was at home, uh, things fell apart. The gas got cut off. I think the water got cut off. The electricity got cut off. Um, many nights we were living by candlelight. Um, I remember her taking us to the Catholic church, was probably about a couple of blocks away. Uh, the priest gave her $100. Uh, she used that money to put uh, food in the refrigerator turn on the lights and the gas, and I think she used some of it to buy drugs, too. Uh, my mother was a hustler, very street smart. She taught me how to steal. Um, uh, we'd go into places, and uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm coming out with stuff. You know, I was all taught by her. Um, during those lean times when we had no food, I would go to the local, local supermarket and go to the meat counter and order a pound of pressed ham. I remember that. The butcher would wrap it up nice in that butcher paper. I took the ham, got some bread, got some Pop-Tarts, and ran out of the store. I gave the food to my younger siblings because we were hungry. We never knew where our next meal was coming from. This was my routine. Some days I had money to buy food. Some, some days I didn't. And the days I didn't have the money, I stole. Like I said earlier, my mom had no job. She knew how to hustle. She was very street smart. She had her first child at, at age 13. Uh, I think, then again, I think she had another one at 17. Uh, street life was all she knew. Uh, she knew men would pay for sex. Uh, she used her body to make money. Uh, my dad told me that uh, uh, she taught him everything he knew about sex. And he also told me that when he met her, she was so impressed and enamored by him that she wanted him to be her pimp. I remember one time when my dad was in jail, my mom and one of her friends uh, uh, 
escorting us out of the house uh, while they invited these two men into her bedroom. One of these men gave me some money and told me to run to the store and get some candy. Uh, when I got back, I think he was gone. I remember coming home from school and the whole living room was painted black. Uh, there was a trip light. I don't know if you guys remember trip lights, but there was a trip light placed in the center of the living room. Uh, the trip light was red, green, yellow, and blue. And the trip light would cast to the ceiling. So I guess if you were on some type of hallucinogenic some drug, uh, then you would stare at the ceiling, and then that, I guess, will give you some type of euphoria. That was wild. Uh, I remember coming home from school on another occasion, and she was sitting on the porch with the, her arm was in a sling. Uh, I think it was in a cast, too. And then I asked her what happened. She told me she got in a fight with some dude. It seemed that neither of my parents were at home for an extended period of time. Um, the last time my mom went to jail, we were at home with my father. My dad decided that taking care of these four children was too much for him to handle. He was deep into his addiction and figured he could only take care of himself. In 1969, he placed his four children in foster care. I remember these people coming to our house and saying that they're going to take us away from our home. I hid under my parents' bed, thinking that they weren't going to catch me. They ain't going to get me. I eventually came out. As we were leaving, we were all crying hysterically and uncontrollably. My dad said little and did nothing as he watched them take us away. We were seven, six, five, and four at that time. We were placed in two separate foster homes. Me and my brother went to one foster home and my two sisters went to another. In foster home number one, the lady let me and my brother fight all the time. I just think we were angry. We were just upset. and We didn't know how to express those emotions and those feelings that we were going through. Uh, and we just fight each other. And those fights were horrific. There was scratching. There was clawing. There was biting. There was punches thrown. I think we became too much for her to handle. Um, we got removed. And all four of us were reunited and placed in foster home number two. Uh, we went from having two drug-addicted parents to two functioning alcoholic foster parents, Lewis and Ruby Adams. And I'm saying their names because they're no longer here. They're deceased. Uh, Lewis was a nice man. Ruby was mean. She was not warm, compassionate, or, or kind. Foster care was a business for her. It was a business for her. She was verbally and physically abusive towards me and my brother. Uh, you know, I, I thought a foster home was supposed to be a safe haven, a place where 
You can get a reprieve from your parents' chaos and drama, a place where you can grow and flourish, a place where there's love, kindness, and compassion, a warm place where you're fed, loved, and protected. But that was not the case at the Adams house. Because I was the oldest, I caught the worst of Ruby's wrath. She made me clean, do dishes, sweep floors, mop floors, and made me prepare lunches for me and my brother because we were school age. I didn't mind doing those things, but if it wasn't done to her standard, she would whoop us. She would whoop me and my brother at times for no reason, just because she got angry with us. Like I tell everybody, there are good foster homes and there are bad foster homes. Unfortunately, we had to experience the bad before we experienced the good. I will talk more about my foster care experience in our next episode called Childhood Trauma. <laughs>